So yeah, I was, I've been off for 12 days, not really off, but on. My daughter got married, and uh, yeah. So that's like one of those things, like as a dad, that's like, it's kind of crazy. It's like you hold a baby, and then you blink, and they're married. And you just, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's a flood of emotions of like, just all the good things God's done, the coulda, shoulda, woulda, and just, you know, the things that you're thankful to where the Lord fills in the gap. So I've been off, but it's been a, it's been a good time where I've just felt like the Lord is, um, you ever get these senses like where the Lord is, like you know you're on the precipice, like he's doing stuff, and it's either gonna be, you know, like everything will come together, or he'll keep moving in that direction, and just be other things that just kind of move out of the way, and it's just kind of one of those seasons where, the Lord is definitely doing things, things here at the vineyard. And, you know, he's always doing things, but then sometimes there's like those kairos moments where like the, or the lowercase k, right? Where God does something, you're like, okay, you know, I'll get that and you're doing that. But then there's other times where it's like the Lord does things and you know will probably be seminal things for the bigger picture. And I feel like we're on the cusp of that time. And so I just encourage you to pray. When we talk about these many prayer efforts, it's not some trite thing. We're not trying to conjure up something. We're not trying to, you know, twist arms because it's our only way forward. So whether it's good, bad, or ugly, we want to be people that are being led by the Spirit into everything he's calling us to do. And so we, we just want to be people that are a balance. And we know the first thing about this whole thing, this trifecta series we're, we're in is, is up. It's that passionate connection with Jesus through his word, through worship, through um, fasting, through um, prayer, through just meditating, through just letting the spirit do what he does. We want to get orders from headquarters before we move. And so we're in one of those seasons where we need that. So I'm just asking you to, you know, whatever that is, like just ask like the Lord, if you got a prophetic word or if you got an unction or you got this thing, like let the Lord do it. Let the Lord do it. Because sometimes stuff that could take us 10 years, the Lord can just move it all like in a day. We just gotta be in league with it, okay? So I encourage that type of prayer. That's a season we're in as a church. Um, and it's also a season of balance too where we don't just wanna be people that are just praying, 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 praying and then just like almost like ostriches with our head in the sand. There's a war around us. There's a war inside of us. So we wanna be called to action. We wanna hear and we wanna obey. So we wanna be in that balance of where we're hearing from heaven but then we're also obeying what heaven is stirring up inside of us. And so we wanna do that. So we wanna be a church that obeys and we wanna be a church that shares the love of Jesus generously and always with the people he's putting in our path. So this, this week, um, we're gonna be like talking about bodily health. Wanna be talking about bodily health a little bit because there is a rhythm to all this stuff. Like rarely does God just do one thing in a vacuum. Like there's not just this vacuous thing that he just does and then it's over and it was just for that. Like there's always, like even like in the prophetic, like the prophetic has three parts to it. Always in the prophetic, there's three parts. Like the Lord is calling out what was. Like hey, y'all been doing this and here's what I wanna do. So it's what was and what is. What is, repent or it's about to come on. Like gangbusters. So it's like you can repent and you can go this way or you can go that way. So what, what was? Where we were missing it, where it was moving, whatever it is, and then where it is now, like, okay, here's where your heart is now, which way is it gonna be? And it can either be life or it can be death. 
So it's what was, what is, and what is to come. And we see that like in the book of Revelation and apocalyptical literature. That's how the prophetic always works and folds. And so we're in this prophetic season where the Lord is maybe bringing greatest hits from the past or doing stuff or like maybe bringing to the light things that he wants to change and move and heal and whatever. And he's stirring that stuff up. He says, right now, here's where you are. What will you do with what I give you? What will you do with what I give you? And what we do is important, but also how we do it is of supreme importance as well because that can dictate where we go next. And so in this very prophetic season, where we go next and how we go where we go next is very important. It's very important. And so um, there's this great, have any, anyone ever heard, heard of a dude named Plato? We're not talking about like the toys, like the little like, you know, stuff that's great, but then when it gets all over your carpet, it's not that great. But um, like this dude, Plato, he was one of the Greek philosophers like of old. And there was a couple guys that were really pivotal in the formation of society and thought, and Plato was one of them. Plato um, kind of came up with this, I don't think he came up with it, but I believe it was a revelation that he was sharing of basically of the three prime virtues. The three prime virtues, if you've never heard of this, are the good, the true, and the beautiful. The good, the true, and the beautiful. And basically, these three prime virtues were to be any one of them, to be good, you also had to be true and beautiful. Or to be true, you had to be good and beautiful. Or to be beautiful, you had to be good and true. And so these virtues encumbered in them had the other ones as well. So the good, the true, and the beautiful was kind of the, like the trifecta of um, value and virtue for like, uh, like mankind. And so I'm bringing this up because as we're in this trifecta series, we're, we're talking about things in triplets that unless the other two are present in and of themselves, they really don't stand very well. So for there to be true up, there also has to be in and there also has to be out. For there to be a true life of worship, it also has to be carried out in life together and then it's too good to just be kept in that little place also. It's meant to spread throughout the earth. Like the Lord is that glorious to be worshiped on that level, of course we should respond to it and of course we should tell everyone else about it. And so these three prime virtues that we're talking about govern this thing. And it's either the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, like the prime trifecta of heaven. Of course, God is glorious. And if he really is love, if he really is uh, relational, if he really is intentional, if he really is present, of course, he would be with us. And of course, if he's with us, he wants to be with every one of us. So there's this prime virtue even in, in heaven of the ways God wants us to relate to his, series, to his spirit in him. And so we're gonna focus today like on the middle of a different kind of trifecta. And we're gonna focus like on all three but primarily like the middle one because like the middle one in this one I believe is the secret sauce that if it's missing, the other two aren't gonna matter one drop. So if you'll turn with me to Luke chapter nine, verses 43 through 56, we're gonna roll, and I'm gonna pray. Jesus, come, speak to us, meet us, show us, uh, reveal to us what your heart is in this very pivotal time on the earth, in this church, and in our lives. 
In your mighty and powerful name we pray, Lord, amen. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. But while everyone was marveling at all he was doing, he being Jesus, he said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears. For the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. So Jesus is high, like right now. People are like, dude, you're awesome. You know, people are just throwing themselves at him like a concert. Like, you know, they're like, ah, Jesus. It's like the Elvis. You know, like the people taking off their clothes and just like giving all they have, whatever. Just come meet me, hang out with me, know me, sign my face, sign my kid. That's where Jesus was. And then Jesus kind of drops the bomb and says, I'm gonna be delivered. This is very short-lived. He says, this is very short-lived. Let these words sink into your ears. But they did not understand the statement, and it was concealed from them so that they would not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about this statement. Just as an aside, there are times the Lord will drop a nugget before you and before me. If we're afraid to ask and press in, we're gonna miss it when it comes. Sometimes this stuff gets hidden because God knows we're just not gonna respond to it. And so that's why we wanna be people that hear and obey. So if you feel like the Lord's doing something, don't put your head in the sand and be like, I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of what that could be. Let the Lord say, maybe press in and say, Jesus, okay, I'm your servant. Difference between Mary, how she received what the Lord, what the angel was doing, and Zechariah was, Zechariah's like, dude, I'm old and crusty. How's this gonna happen? And, da, 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 da. and Mary's just like, let it be so. Mary had way more to lose getting pregnant as a virgin, the only person that would ever happen to, than Zechariah did having a baby when he's like an old dude with his wife. But Mary had a degree of faith when she's like, I don't know how this is gonna work, but come Holy Spirit. And so I, well, I believe sometimes there are things that are withheld because we are too afraid to pray in a very honest way and let God say what he wants to say. The truth sets us free, friends. The truth sets us free. And my good friend Joy Correo said in prayer a couple weeks ago, kind of about this passage we were praying, she said, Father, give us the courage to pipe up, seek you, Ask questions, be humble, and not just move on to the next thing. About this, it's like sometimes that's what the Lord's doing, just stop and say, okay, I felt something there, Lord, what are you doing? Because it was all going great, and now Jesus is like, hey, but it's about to take a turn. And they're like, no, 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 we don't want to hear that, no, no, no. Like, you know, it's like, come on, people. Sometimes it's going to be great, sometimes it's going to be gloomy. And an argument started amongst them as to which of them would be the greatest. So they're like, we don't even want to hear that. We just want to hear how great we are because you're awesome and that makes us awesome too. But Jesus, knowing what they were thinking in their heart, took a child and stood him by his side and he said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For the one who is least among you, this is the one who's great. Some of us can't move forward in the spirit because we have a condition in our heart that is um, demanding we get the respect we're due. Some of us can't move forward because we demand a certain level of respect, promotion, recognition, and um, that's not the way in the kingdom. 
Jesus stepped out of heaven, subjugated himself completely to us, left the poshness of royalty to a degree none of us could ever fathom, and became a servant. Some of us, friends, are never gonna move forward until we can receive all the mocking, ridicule, cursing that's coming our way, because sometimes God's letting that happen because our spirit is so yucky. You have all the gifting, you have all the calling, all the anointing you'll ever need, but until that pride comes out, the Lord will never let us take a step forward. Never, he won't. And there's that stuff where we demand a promotion to be noticed, where I wanna be picked, and the Lord's like, I'm gonna keep letting you be picked last until you receive that the place that I put you in is way better than the place that you're demanding and clamoring for. Sometimes the Lord will push us into obscurity, into maybe a place of just humility and just loneliness until we get to the place to where we're willing to receive whatever he has. So we don't do this. No, 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 no. I will move forward, Jesus, once you let me have this. I'll be like, I'll never do that because I love you too much because it's like this, the superhero serum of Captain America. It, he puts that thing in us. But the thing is, it makes good better and it makes bad worse. So if the Lord promotes us like ahead of our character, it won't be better. And there are many men and women who fall, great men and women who fall because they rushed out like ahead of the timing the Lord had. And if they would have just sat a little longer on that and they would have uh, received that character blessing that God wanted to do, they wouldn't have botched it when they got there. And it could have been a longer term thing for them and other people. And then whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. For who is least of all among you, this is the one who's great. And then John answered and said, Master, again, changing directions. We saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he, was, he does not follow along with us. But Jesus says, do not hinder him, for he is not against you, is for you. Let's be very quick to mock or correct things that are happening in other moves or other churches. Just because what's happening there isn't what's happening here, it doesn't mean that the Lord's not in it. He prayed that we'd be one. Let's be a unifying place. Now, unity does not mean everyone's included. Just because you're a human does not mean you're included in this plan. Your only way you're included in this plan is if you say yes to Jesus. So he's not saying this unity of the human race. That's secular humanism, new ageism. That's not Holy Spiritism. What I'm talking about is people in the body of Christ that have said yes to Jesus, we're the body. Together, we're the body. So let's be careful to mock and to invalidate maybe things going on with brothers and sisters because some of them are in maybe a less mature place a more green place, or maybe they're 50 years ahead of us and we're too immature to receive what God's doing there. So we stand here and mock like a bunch of morons. You know, and I've, I've been guilty of this. Like I remember years ago, I moved to Kansas City in um, like the IHOP, the International House of Prayer there. There was some things about it theologically that I just, I didn't love. And there's still some things about it, whatever. But like I just remember... Um, I kind of went on this tirade and the Lord just showed me what a moronic fool's errand that was. 
Like there was something so precious, so beautiful and still that the Lord's doing there. And I just, he's like, get out of the way, son. Get out of the way. Just maybe, why don't you stand back and quit? Because sometimes we can have a discerning spirit, but it can manifest as a critical spirit and, and that's not the way of Jesus. It's not the way of Jesus. We can correctly divide the word of truth, but that criticism can come out in a way that's injurious to us and the body of Christ. And there's some stuff that God just says, son, daughter, don't do that. If you're confused, just pray. Hear from heaven, search ye the scriptures, know them. And I know there's a lot today, but we're gonna tie it up, it's gonna make sense. And Jesus said to him, do not hinder him, for he who is not against you is for you. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to, go, uh, to, go to the holy city, Jerusalem. And this is kind of quoting back to Isaiah 50, uh, verses four through 11, where it talks about like this anointed coming one, his face was sent like flint in his ascension to the city, to the place, to Jerusalem, that Jesus' face was set like flint. Like friends, there's gotta be this set like flintness about us that is, um, there's gotta be a business likeness about this kingdom stuff. Because everyone's like, oh Jesus, you're awesome, stay and party. And Jesus' is like, nope, I'm going there. No, this is the place God's calling me to, whether I like it or not. It's not, ah, 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 ah. no, it's we, we go when he says go. We stay when he says stay. We go back when he says go back. But there was this thing, Jesus had his face sent like flint and he knew it was the time now. And there are times when God is going to demand that we go and come like we are on fire. Everyone else doesn't need to be torched. Sometimes when we're on fire, but then sometimes he'll light a fire too in others. Maybe it's just us that needs to be refined or resolute or ruined for the gospel. Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice and we see this in this passage. Disciples, friends, take it on the chin more than they give it. And he sent his messengers ahead of him and they entered the village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they, the Samaritans, did not uh, receive him because he was traveling to Jerusalem. The Samaritans, they'd already been, he'd already been there. They had received him. But now they knew where he was going. Like, wait, I thought you were kind of disavowing this, uh, you know, Israel stuff and hanging out uh, like, with, like with us uh, Samaritans. There's gonna be times where there's gonna be people in our lives who were with us and now all of a sudden they're not for some reason. It could be a season or it could be the, the Lord doing something, but we have to be wherever people are treating us, whatever's coming our way, that we set our faces like flint to the place he's calling us. Whether we're received well or we're kicked out like a dud, we've gotta set our faces to the place he's calling us. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, listen to this, this is really interesting. Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? His boys are like, nah, baby, nah. You might have done that to him, but you done messed up, eh, eh, Ron? <laughs> they were ready to bring it Thor style. They're like, the Avengers are here. Would you like us to employ? Would you like us to assemble? 
And it's really, I love Jesus' response, but it's kind of confounding too. Because these guys were actually knowing the word. They knew in Genesis chapter 19, verse 1 through 28, that the Lord before had destroyed a reprobate city, Sodom and Gomorrah. They knew this. Genesis talks about it. They were invoking the word. They had belief in the word. And also, 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah on the battle with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Recalled down fire from heaven. So they're invoking this prophetic heritage that's embedded in God's word. And they're saying, do you want us to smite them for you? Because we're glad to. You can keep your hands clean of this. You know, you see them with like their fat gold chains like, hey, Johnny, hey, Jesus, you want us to call down fire from heaven? Like, bam, you're talking to my guy all wrong. You know, it's like, it's like there's this kind of thing. But Jesus looked at them and rebuked them. And he didn't rebuke them for thinking they could call down fire. He didn't rebuke them for knowing the word of God. So he didn't rebuke them for the word or for the work. What he rebuked them for was the way. He says, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went on to another village. He didn't get mad at them for they, they knew he could do something supernatural. And they probably wanted to see it. They were ticked for him. Did you ever take up an offense for Jesus that maybe he's not hanging out on? I'm not on Facebook, but sometimes I'll look on my wife's and stuff like that. Some of you are really offended by the world. Get over it, man. Okay? Seriously, your enemy's not COVID. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Donald Trump. It's not which side of Roe versus Wade. There's, there, there's evil in the world that's happening, but just get over it. Like, Jesus isn't offended by all this in the sense that we are. And he'll move on to the next village if we won't uh, receive what he's doing there. We gotta be people who know his word. We gotta be people who do his work, but we gotta do it his way. And it is really hard, church, to minister peace, love, righteousness and joy when you're pissed off. Let's just call it what it is, the good, the true, the beautiful. Love, joy, peace, pissed. No, it's like those things do not function well together. And that might sound crass, but grow up if you can't handle your pastor saying pissed because you probably said it 10 times this week and worse, okay? Um, I'm just saying like there's these things that the way of Jesus matters greatly. It matters a lot. And sometimes we can be the clog in the drain. The way we operate between the word and the work as disciples, we can be the clog in the drain because we will not have the way of Jesus. We're like, oh yeah, we, we love the Bible. We love to do this stuff. But Jesus like, there's this place that he wants to refine it. So his word doesn't go out as work that doesn't look like his word in our lives, in our neighborhoods, in our families. It's very important that we get this, that these things gotta operate in fluid balance. 
and in motion. See, the disciples knew his word and they wanted to do his work, but they were endangering of ruining the reputation of Jesus and missing his way. Friends, we can endanger the work of God if our way does not look like Jesus's. We can miss the time of our visitation. We can be in prayer. We can be in the Bible. We can be doing all kinds of mission, whatever. But if, we're, if we don't let the way of Jesus reside in our midst, we can miss it. And it's imperative, it's imperative that we get in league with this and that we are humble enough. This is why house groups matter so much. They matter so much because that's where the way of Jesus happens. No one knows who you are in here. You can walk in here, oh, it's all great, but then you're carrying in like, a, like the chains of Jacob Marley. In a house group, people are gonna see those, right? Life on life and connection. When you open up your chest a little bit, or even just in conversation, like, ooh, that slipped out. You know, there's these things that discipleship matters. Discipleship is the way of Jesus. Because Jesus was full of the word and full of the spirit. But there was this walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit that happened in a family, in a spiritual community that even Jesus lived in a house group. Even Jesus, that's the way he chose, a spiritual family. God knows that our lives function in a family best truest. Your people who you live with know who you are. And so this spiritual family that we're seeking to cultivate isn't something we're just trying to do as some other thing. It's No, it's where the way of Jesus happens. It's where you learn how to be more like Jesus, where you learn how to pray, where you learn how to read your Bible, where you learn how to communicate, where you learn how to maybe deal with conflict, where you learn how to disagree, where you learn how to pipe up, where you learn how to shut up, where you learn how to give up. That happens in the context of a family. And notice Jesus, on this way, Jesus wasn't rebuking this village. He wasn't complaining about the world on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Jesus was like rebuking his disciples. It was his followers that he was shepherding. And most of the interactions that we see where Jesus is rebuking people, it was his people or it was church people. It's really important that we learn how to do life together in a way that promotes the way of Jesus. It's imperative. People are watching what we do and how we do it. Like I remember one time, there was a family member who was having this issue and I was so fed up with him. So fed up with him. That literally, I just wanted to fight this guy. I wanted to just like, I wanted to beat him up. I wanted to just like, you know, cave his face in and just, you know, do that thing. That Claremont County boy thing. You know, mullet, I felt the mullet growing and the stripes and the wrestling pants coming on. And I wanted to call down fire from heaven because this guy was being a chump to my sister. And I wanted to beat him up. And I remember I said this, kind of feeling like kind of machismo, kind of holy. And I remember the worst guy in my family, the worst guy. He's no longer with us. Um, said to me, he's like, I thought you were a Christian. 
It's like Balaam's donkey talks to you. One of the most immoral people I knew was calling me out on how immoral I was being. That I was missing the way of Jesus. And dude, I felt like, you know, I just felt, take the wig off, take the wrestling pants off. and I was missing the way of Jesus. I was zealous about his word and I was, you know, zealous about his works, but I was missing his way. And God called it out. And I could have been mad and I could have called this guy, but the Lord was speaking to me. Don't, don't uh, turn your ear away from unlikely sources. The Lord is an equal opportunity employer and destroyer when he needs to be. People are watching how we do what we do. Does your method line up with his message and with his mission? See, the word of Jesus, I wanna tell you just as a little plug and we'll get more into this next week. But what we see, what we read, what we hear, what we understand about him is um, it's a treasure. This thing is a treasure. You will not be very likely, I will not be very likely to ever live the way of Jesus or do the, the works of Jesus without knowing the word of Jesus. I won't. This thing is a treasure. This is a gift. This is not something that is to be taken lightly. This isn't a story for back then. This isn't like a book that needs my new cultural interpretation. Like this thing's timeless. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is Jesus. Jesus was this made flesh and dwelt among us. So we have a book. It's a, a tangible guide unlike any faith or people group in the world. Do you know this is better and more inspired than the Bhagavad Gita, than the Book of Mormon, than like the Upanishads, than the Talmud, that the um, uh, Quran, that this is inspired by God. Those are not. This is Jesus in pages. This is essential to us being people who represent God well and see his kingdom come on the earth. It's living, acting, breathing, it's powerful. So it's not to be dismissed or canceled. It's to say yes to. But it's not just like a, like a recipe either. It's not a recipe book. Uh, I put in a quarter tablespoon of that, a cup of this. There's some of that, but there's the way of it too, right? You ever seen people who can follow like a recipe and then there's people who, who can cook? <laughs> this is not just a recipe book. It takes the word and the spirit to live the way of Jesus and do the work of Jesus. The way of Jesus, how he did what he did, the spirit we are of. Friends, it's important that we know the spirit we're of. And I know that I'm a guy who kind of brings it. Sometimes you're like, holy, that was a zinger. That's hard, that's mean, that's too much. And there's times where I can walk in my flesh and it is. But there's other times it's like, I'm just quoting this, man. If this is too much for you, like this kingdom's gonna be hard for you. Because he's the king. And there's stuff that like he desires and he demands of his children. Like there's things that other people's kids will get away with that mine won't. Just, that's the way it is. They're my kids. And our dad is the same way. 
You'd be like, well, everyone else is doing it. He's like, but yeah, they're not my kid. They're not my kid. So others may, but you can't. And so there's, it's important that we agree with the spirit that we're of. Other people might be belligerent and throw darts and throw knives and cry and complain and fuss and yell and argue, but he's like, that's not the spirit you're of. It's not the spirit you're of. The way of Jesus, like I said, at Vineyard Florence, how we're doing things, we just wanna open up the book and do what he's doing. And here we, we believe the things he's called us to is what we do here on Sundays, what we do in Celebrate Recovery, what we do in house groups, what we do with students, what we do with kids, what we do in outreaches, mission. Like these things we're gonna just do unapologetically because we see Jesus doing it, but we wanna do it the way Jesus did it. So the way of Jesus is the way of family, and it's the way that we grow in character together, that we grow in Christ-likeness together. And I can tell you, you will grow more if you're a person of the word and you're a person of prayer, you're a person of discipleship, than you ever will just being a person who comes to church. You will grow way more if you agree with the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus. Look, the way of Jesus, just do it the way Jesus did it. It's not that hard. We saw he committed himself to these spiritual disciplines and a spiritual family for a spiritual mission. We wanna do the same. In the work of Jesus, friends, church starts on Monday. How we live the other 166 and a half hours of the week, that's, that really proves like the metal that we're, um, that we're forged of, doesn't it? Anyone in here can be like, come Holy Spirit, get on their knees, whatever, praise, worship, oh, hey brother, hallelujah, sister, whatever. We can do that, but the, really it's the rest of the week, like the work, the work of God is to believe in the one whom he sent and the one whom he has sent calls us to join him in this quest to seek and save the lost. And when we're mad all the time or we're demanding all the time or we're critical all the time or we're stuck, maybe you're sick. Maybe you're physically sick. Do you know the world doesn't need to know that, how miserable you are? The world doesn't need to know every time I'm having a bad day. Maybe they just wanna see the light of God. They can, they can see it, people know that stuff. But maybe what they need to see is the light of Jesus flowing through that cracked space that he's redeeming that thing. That Eeyore is not like the move for Christians. Okay, Jesus. Okay, Pooh. And it's not like fake it till we make it, but there's this thing that Jesus calls us to that we wanna let him move in spite of what's happening in us and around us. We light it up. We don't wanna add to the darkness. Where are you imbalanced in the word, the works, or the way? Like I said, if we're not people of the word, we'll really have a hard time ever being people of the way or the works. It'll be really hard. Because the spirit, even the Holy Spirit, like the vineyard, we talk about the Holy Spirit a lot. The Holy Spirit, um, in a sense, if there's like a, one serving the other, the spirit serves the word in the sense that the word is finite. It's the word made flesh. And that the, the spirit will remind you of everything I said to you 
Jesus told the disciples. So everything he said to us is his word. The spirit will remind us, uh, remember us, guide us, empower us to live out what's in the word. So I don't wanna get too much in that, but it's very essential, like the word is concrete. It's essential that you know the word because like Jesus, when he was combating Satan, what did he stand on? He didn't stand on the newest you know, book by the latest Christian preacher or rabbi of his day or what the news was saying. He says, it is written. It is written. A lot of us can't do things the way he wants or the work he wants because we don't know what he's written about what he wants, about who he is, about what his character and nature is. So it's essential that we know the word. We'll talk about this over and over and over and over because if you ever, and if I ever want to grow up in the fullness of Christ, this is, this is the launch pad. But it's not just enough to just read this. Jesus says, hey, you guys know the word. The Pharisees knew the word. The devil knew the word, but you deny the power therein. You don't know the way of it. You're not spending time with me. You're not connecting with me. You're not watching me. You're not observing me. You're not yielding to me. These are the things that are essential of born-again people that we know what's in this. But then that we also have that place where the Lord works it out in our heart, where he reminds us of stuff. And we're like, oh, ah, mm. The way is imperative. In the works, Jesus doesn't just want Bible-loving people who are good people. He wants us to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world that we go and do the stuff that Jesus did the way he did it and it'll bring the same transformation and change that we saw him do because he said we'll do the same but even greater. There's a, I just got done reading a great book and we're gonna end on this um, called God's Generals. God's Generals. It's a really good book. It's about like some amazing people in the 18 hundreds to mid-1900s that the Lord used to bring about uh, charismatic uh, revival, renewal, change on the earth. The first chapter was about a dude named John Alexander Dowie. John Alexander Dowie was this dude, um, was a Scottish dude, and the Lord did some amazing things to and through this guy. He was a God-ordained messenger for a season, um, he had an amazing ministry. Amazing ministry. Um, but he became a guy that was so caught up in the opposition against him about people who disagreed politically, about people who disagreed biblically, about people who tried to un, un, um, unseat his apostleship that um, he just got bitter, prideful, untrusting, and deluded. And he started seeing politics as the mechanism to bring change. And he started seeing all these rules and regulations as the way to bring change and refuting all the people who disagreed with him the way to bring change. And something changed in his heart, changed in his preaching. And this guy who was one of the most foundational people and one of the forerunners of reformation in that era on the earth when God was bringing miracles back in a way the world hadn't seen in thousands of years. And one of the guys the Lord was using the most, his heart got diluted and corrupted and twisted. 
And he was the founder of this place called Zion, Illinois, where they thought there was gonna be the Zion, you know, like this heaven coming to earth in a sense. But it's like he knew the word and he was doing the works, but he missed the way of Jesus because of how selfish he got and how um, unhinged he got, how unaccountable he got. Listen, you and I are dangerous people for not accountable. Unaccountable people are dangerous people. We see Jesus all the time that even these hidden places, people were watching it because Jesus meant to be accountable. He lived a life as an accountable, surrendered, submitted man. And John Alexander Dowie, he was supposed to be a clutch point of revival, but instead he became a place of ridicule and mockery for the church. He knew God's word and message. He preached it. And like I said, he did the work, but his way got way off. And he became a cautionary tale about pride, fanaticism, hatred, criticism, cynicism, and isolation. How we do what we do matters greatly. So as we're going into this next week in this time, just maybe ask the Lord, Lord, where do I need to grow in my knowledge of your word or your understanding of your way? Or maybe you're doing all these things that are, I'm ready to go do the work. Will you give me the energy? Will you give me the boldness? Will you give me the power? Will you give me the stamina to go do this work? Because they all matter, but they all matter best when they work together in symphony and harmony. So we're gonna pray. And uh, we're just gonna wrap up on that. Um, my friend Cherie had a sense. Um, if prayer teams wanna come up and kind of spread out or wherever out the room. Also little kids, if you wanna get them, kind of, um, it's a long day back there. Um, if you wanna get them and come back for prayer, that's fine. Or send someone you trust with your tag. Don't just ask them to go for you as your emissary. Give them your trusty little number name tag. But, um, uh, Sheree had a word. Is there someone who's really struggling with their marriage? If you're struggling with your marriage, your marriage is on the ropes, you're, you don't know if you're gonna make it or you don't know how you can keep going, you don't know what to do, um, uh, Sheree and Nate would love to pray for you, so they're gonna come up here too. Sorry, Nate, I already told your wife. I don't know if she told you, but um, if not, you're just a good guy and you'll do it. Um, so, yeah, so we just asked you to come, Holy Spirit. Would you meet us in all these places, Lord? We're at this critical time in this critical place. And we want to hear from heaven. We want to be people of your word. We want to be people of your work. But we want to be people of the way of Jesus. We want to know the spirit we're of. You came to save life, not destroy it. Help us to be savers of life. Help us to be givers of life. Help us to be speakers of life. Help us to not be offended easily, Father. Help us to walk in your grace and truth. Moses came with the law, but Jesus came in grace and truth. Lord, help us to walk in grace and truth and be ministers of reconciliation, of grace and truth. Would you meet us today, Father? Would you meet us today in a place of conviction, of confession, of conversion? If you don't know Jesus, come on up today. He loves you. He has everything you need and long for. Lord, would you do something today? Revive us. Ready us for this place, for release of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, Father, amen. Bless you. I love you. It's good to be back with you. And go and sin less this week. And come get prayer. <laughs>